Warning, this podcast is for mature audiences only. There is coarse language, adult themes, and general shit not suitable for kids. Heed this warning. Hi everybody, and welcome to our first episode of our podcast called Woofers. Woofers! Someday we'll explain what woofers are, and we'll all have a good laugh. Catherine uh, has an opening line. A shut mouth catches no flies uh, and I have an opening line if your aunt had balls she'd be your uncle <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting it wasn't what you were expecting <laughs> That's really good. so do you want to explain your one um, when I was a kid we would be walking through Griffith Park in Duncondra and there'd be lots of those little tiny flies and you walk them up my dad and he'd go I shut mouth catches no flies and I go oh yeah if I keep my mouth shut but ultimately as an adult we realise if you just shut your fucking mouth, you're not going to get into trouble. <laughs> so yeah. there's 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 uh, deep levels. Uh, it's like an onion proverb. There you there's go. Layers to it. Now my one again is is something my dad used to say that kind of grew grew to have uh, more of a meaning uh, uh, as I grew up. So he always used to say, "If your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle." <laughs> and I think it's part of a longer phrase, which is, "Bob's your uncle." Fanny's your aunt, and if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. Uh, and obviously, it just sounded like like gibberish to me when I was growing up. But as I grew I up, we both had kids. But anyway. when, I, when I when I grew up, it turned into oh, like you can say if if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that, if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. So there's no point in saying ifs or buts or whatever. Yeah. You're, it, it is what it is. Move Get on. Over yeah. yeah. Get over so welcome to our podcast. We uh, are going to be spending some time talking about our gastric journeys and uh, we have both had uh, gastric surgery of, of various kinds and um, we've both had uh, weight gain and weight loss journeys. I don't think this podcast needs to know how we gain weight. Um, Eat I, lots of food. Catherine's <laughs> uh, 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 phrase, a shut mouth catches no flies. Well, and... <laughs> An open mouth catches a lot of cakes. A shut mouth catches no cakes. So yeah, welcome. So I think what we're going to do to start off is we're going to go through both of our journeys to surgery, uh, how we, we got there. There's going to be a lot of stuff left out that we're going to cover in the future, like every single little diet we did and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I think let's start with Catherine. Okay. Uh, who's going to go ahead and tell us her story. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you some of my story. So I'm going to start with the background and then the first two weeks up to my gastric bypass. Is that okay? Sounds so good. So I'm going to save something. I'll keep a bit of mystery. Yeah, a bit of mystery. <laughs> yeah, a bit of surprise. Um, so I've always had a weight issue my whole life. Um, w- was fat was thin was you know fit was not fit <laughs> all this kind of thing um ultimately then met someone had kids and put weight on and was struggling and like sean said we can go through all the variety of diets we've done over the many many years uh but uh, i got to a point where i thought surgery was the answer so i went for consultation and they were on the fence as to whether I should have a gastric sleeve, which is, would you like to explain? 
Uh, gastric sleeve is where they cut away two thirds of your stomach, um, so you uh, uh, can't fit as much food into your system. Right. Or I could have gotten a gastric bypass, which is Sean. A gastric bypass is where they isolate two thirds of your stomach, so they don't cut it away, which means this uh, this surgery, the gastric bypass, is actually reversible uh, if you needed to go down that road. The uh, after they've isolated your stomach, they disconnect your uh, uh, your stomach from your intestines or your duodenum. Duodenum. Duod- for the Americans. Duodenum. Uh, when I learned it, it was a duodenum. Uh, by a very a very country uh, teacher who explained that it was 12 fingers so 2 and 10 is 12 fingers long is how that uh, that is mad duo duo denum yeah. 12 oh, 2 and that's 10 is 12 fingers but anyway they disconnected from your duodenum move us a bit further down your intestine so not only can you fit less in you also can uh, will absorb less of the the food as it passes so through your word? digestive system. Malabsorption. Malabsorption. That's our that's our friend. There you go. So I uh, opted for, to be fair, possibly against the full extent of the medical advice, they were leaning towards a bypass, but said I could get uh, a sleeve. So I got a sleeve, and said, listen, if you don't get the full results, come back. So I did, I lost a hundred pounds um, and after, so it's a very long story that I probably won't get into now. Um, but I tried to get into the Irish system. It didn't work for me. So what I didn't mention was I went to Belgium for my gastric sleeve. Um, after that, then I thought, oh, you know, I'll try and get into the Irish system. As I say, story for another day. Um, so let's cut forward four years. I decided to go for a bypass. Um, which was last June and I had my bypass so two weeks before your bypass you have to do this absolutely shit bag of a diet where you can eat nothing or very little uh, you have to shrink your liver so it is it's a tough it's a tough road so I did that and it was really really difficult but in the middle of that and I know I'm digressing now I remember going god really miss my dog my dog had passed away a few years ago and I was really miserable and then somebody texted me and said we have a puppy would you like a dog I went oh my god it's like they read my mind hmm. and now I have the bastard yeah uh, what what what's his real name Finney what did I want to call him a fucking Caligula or some Caligula like would Get be a fuck. brilliant name for a dog I don't know what you're talking about yeah, so Finney <laughs> Right, with which is the story for another day as well, right? Why well, I called him Finney, but I love his bones. Um, but Finney saved my life. I love Finney. He, I just love his. I just yeah. Anyway, before I start crying about Finney, <laughs> um. So anyway, he got me through the horrific two weeks, and then I went for the operation in Belgium, with an amazing person, which I have to get her permission to talk about her first, and she'd probably say no, so I won't talk about her. But I went to Belgium. Because it was in the middle of COVID and it was all kind of all kinds of a nightmare, um. But you know what? I think if I was to summarize up to now, anyone who thinks that getting a a bypass or a gastric sleeve is the easy option or you're cheating is is an asshole. It's it's yeah. hard. It's yeah. you don't make that decision lightly. You make it based on a lot of research, a lot of heartache, a lot of misery. And a lot of hoping to be better, just hope, and yeah. So, 
So I went to Belgium, 23rd of June, had my operation, all very, very successful. The, the staff are amazing, the hospital is amazing, the surgeon is amazing, couldn't fault anybody. Um, can go into more details in future, but um, at this moment in time, I, I suppose I started the, before those two weeks, those nightmares, two weeks, at 130 ki kilograms, and at right now I'm 97.5 kilograms after seven months, approximately. So I'm going to pass over to Sean. Excellent, thanks. I've always felt fat. Um, You've always looked. <laughs> I haven't always looked fat. I, I'll it, try not to heckle, right? <laughs> no, heckle away, zipped. heckle away. <laughs> um, from the time I was, was quite young, I've always felt like the, the fat friend. Um, in, in secondary school, which for any kind of Americans listening is kind of junior high kind of Middle time. school, junior high, really. I think it? middle school, school is junior high. Uh, I think oh, it's the same sorry, thing. But either way, I was bigger than most of the other kids. And that kind of feeling fat led me, I think, partially to being fat. I met, At 17, it was the first time I joined Weight Watchers. Um, at 18, Dad died. Or was I 19? I was 18. I was 15. Yeah. 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 So my, my dad passed away and that kind of... Uh, also around the same time I started drinking um, and drink wasn't really the problem in itself it was more eating after <laughs> after I was drunk we would go to the chipper and all that kind well, of stuff what's it called what's it called <laughs> uh, the, the chipper was chick? called perky chick and well, uh, what do you call it we, we all called it the jerky prick there you go there you go so I would go and, and eat more than I should I will have had dinner and then eat um so by the time I finished college, um, my family were like, Sean, you're you're very fat. So oh, but we loved it. I know. We came from a place of love. It was like a, an intervention type thing. They didn't write letters to me or anything like that, but they just kind of said, look, face. <laughs> <laughs> sort, your, sort yourself out and put down the fork. Even um, like there's no one watching, Sean. So I, I, I went to a GP and the GP uh, uh, tried to weigh me on his scales and... Uh, I was too heavy to be weighed. Um, so I, I had to then go to a, a shopping centre and get on a scales there that could weigh me. I was uh, 26 stone at the time. And What's that in kgs? Uh, that's uh, 165 kilograms, which is heavy. Um, How many Peter Dinklage's is that? <laughs> well, Peter Dinklage uh, at one point in his life was around 47. Okay, so wait, kgs. Kilograms, yeah. Are you ready? Beep, yeah. boop, 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 boop. What's that? <laughs> well, call it five Peter you Dinklage's. Five Peter Dinklage's. Yeah. Fuck. All right. At that stage, I was five Peter Dinklage's. Um, so my GP pre prescribed Xenocol. Uh, I'll go into how that worked. I lost a bit of weight. Um, it, it had some side effects that prompted me when I met my wife to stop taking it. Um. And uh, like I say, I met my wife. Weight started to come on again. Catherine uh, raised her hand like she's in school. I'm trying not to cut across now. Yeah, yeah, but just cut across. Were they shit side effects? They were shit side effects. <laughs> Jesus. It made him shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't make me shit. Making me shit, I'm okay with shitting. Um, what it does is when worse. When it's solicited. Yeah. <laughs> what this does is worse. And we'll talk about it later. 
Um, so then coming up to getting married, I, I wanted to lose a bit of weight for my wedding. Um, so I tried lipo trim, which was a food oh, replacement one, which nightmare. is also a nightmare. We'll talk about that in detail later. Um, I lost again a bit of weight, but not nearly enough. Uh, that kind of brings us up until around uh, 2010 when I joined Weight Watchers again. Now, obviously, I have been in Weight Watchers on and off for a, a long time. Um, but I, I joined Weight Watchers again. And at that stage, I started putting my weight in a spreadsheet so i know my weight quite quite accurately since 2010 um and at Mm -hmm. the time i was 158 kilograms i know your weight as well since 2010 okay that's totally gonna get cut out it's not gonna get cut out (laughs) people people need to know what kind of a bitch you are um we we joke she's not a bitch i love her she's my sister um, and i'm also fat <laughs> she's also fat so it's the fat pot calling the fat kettle black fat rather not black it's the fat it's the fat pot calling the ugly kettle black <laughs> anyway so i uh, uh so I, I was uh, 158 kilograms which in fairness was down from the 165 kilograms it was still fairly heavy um but i kept logging my weight every couple of months into that spreadsheet and it was steadily going down happy days i was like all right mm-hmm. i've finally got the right amount of of food to to not put on weight now in reality i hadn't but we'll talk about that in a minute in early 2014 i got a, a wi-fi weighing scale so i started weighing myself Sorry, can i make a point yeah um sean got a wireless weighing scale and he came bragging to my mom, oh, mom, Betty, Betty, I have a wireless weighing scale. And she looked at him as if he was an absolute fucking idiot and goes, hey, Sean, my weighing scales is wireless. And he was like, but it doesn't connect to your phone. <laughs> so funny. So I got a, I got a scales that connects to my phone and uh, uh, started weighing myself kind of roughly daily since then. Um then in around August 2014, I was diagnosed with diabetes, type 2 diabetes, which wasn't a big surprise because a lot of my family uh, are diabetic. My mother's diabetic. I have some uncles that are diabetic. And if I didn't ma- control my weight, I was going to get diabetes. And during this process of getting diagnosed, I discovered that uh, something that happens if you have uncontrolled diabetes is you piss out sugar uh, so a lot of the sugar i was eating that would normally make me fatter and um, because i was badly managing That's my sugars it, i was losing weight because the sugar was going in not getting absorbed uh, like getting absorbed into my bloodstream yeah, yeah, yeah. but the blood wasn't using it so it pushed it out through the kidneys so it didn't get so it turned damaging into fat your kidneys and pumping uh, uh, sugar through your kidneys is is not not good for your kidneys it's not cool um so, like I say, in August 2014, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, and then the week after I was diagnosed with diabetes, I had to go to uh, California, oh, California. For, uh, for work. And everyone said, oh, don't go. You're after getting diagnosed with diabetes. Kind of come to terms with it. And I was like, no, no, I just have to live with it. And off I went to... Uh, to Sean Mageddon. To Sean, what, what became known as Sean Mageddon. So I was diagnosed with diabetes. 
on the plane on the way to America, one of my teeth broke, um, which didn't hurt my teeth, uh, but it was sharp, so it was cutting my tongue. So I had to go to a, a, a dentist in California, an emergency dentist, who pull, ended up pulling two teeth, putting in uh, uh, bone grafts that, so I could potentially get uh, implants later. Um, so I was in her chair for like three hours and then left with Vicodin and all kinds of other painkillers. Then had to go through a miserable week in work. And then uh, after that week, I had to go from uh, California to Colorado, where I was had another bit work meeting. And I landed in Colorado on the Sunday night, which was a week after the, the dental uh, issue. And uh, the... Monday morning, I was in the emergency room in Colorado <laughs> by myself with a pain in my tummy that <laughs> turned out to be what the doctor called a pus-filled oh, uh, appendix. So the appendix had to come out. But here's the thing, right? You've thrown this in here to the conversation about appendix. Dad had his appendix out. A lot of people had their appendix yeah, out. Yeah, but you, like, is there a <laughs> correlation? Well, Dad had all his teeth taken out when he was 18. But you also just, had your And I've had a lot of my here. teeth taken out. And you guys are practically twins. We're pa- practically twins. <laughs> all right, go on. There, there's there's nobody alive at this moment who can tell me exactly why they decided to pull all his teeth other than, oh, that dentist was, was a bastard. Was a quack. He was yeah, a quack. That's what I go. heard. That's yeah, all yeah, I've yeah. heard. Yeah, all right, um, go on. Sorry. So, there you go. Um, So, that I had that, which was a real kind of uh, psychological eye-opener in that i was in colorado by diabetic by myself uh teeth falling out and appendix, appendix falling out, falling out. <laughs> when they were giving me the general anesthetic when i was going under i was like i'm gonna die alone here and they're Aww. gonna have to send my body home and all that kind of shit so Aww. i was i was not in a great place um so after that i came back and i started (laughs) obviously not (laughs) i'm okay like in terms of that i'm okay i don't think i'm gonna die any second um because when i came back from that i I started up fairly quickly with a psychologist um and (laughs) And she's like bitch you crazy (laughs) he sexist he's like bitch you crazy so excuse me with your sexist (laughs) fucking women are the fucking Real the world, yeah. I'm girl okay with that. that. I'm okay with that. Anyway, so I um, I started seeing the psychologist. Started working through some of those issues around fear of dying, and I I cry a lot, and nobody can make me cry more than Catherine because every time she opens her shagging mouth, I just look at your face I and you cry, cry sometimes. Oh, it's awful. It's it's like a, a really bad superpower, I have, <laughs> isn't it? But you're the same with me. Yeah. I'm not in a good place. And I go, keep it together, can't yeah. you? Keep it together. And look at your stupid fucking face. <laughs> and that's it. Niagara Falls. Yeah. Fucking hell. So I, I started with the psychologist anyway and started working through some of those issues. Um, I started not long after that with a, a, a personal trainer and I started going to spinning classes and stuff like that. And I, I really enjoyed that kind of thing. Um. The endorphins and shit you yeah, get from it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't think I would. And I, I, I work sitting on my ass all day. So I, I just didn't exercise enough. Um, so I got down at that point to around 114 kilograms. Um, and then from there, I just like, oh, I've done it, you know. Because I, I went to a specialist in, in St. Vincent's who said, oh, yeah, don't worry about losing any more weight. Once you stay around that weight, you'll be grand. And what I heard was, eat 
Eat everything. <laughs> you can go home now. You can have takeout. You can have all the chips you want. All the eat. No, eat like there's no one watching. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, or dance or whatever. <laughs> uh, so the, then there was steady weight gain then to around 130 kilograms, and I stayed. I, I yo-yoed around 130 kilograms until right up before the surgery, um. But I, I uh, started seeing a new psychologist because my old psychologist left the company. And this new psychologist uh, recommended Donal O'Shea and gastric surgery to me. If, like, if you feel that bad about your, your, your weight and all that kind of stuff, and if you feel it's such a, a threat to your life, which I did, I thought, look, if I don't lose weight, I'll, like, I won't get a mortgage. I'll, I'll never get another mortgage because at the weight I'm at, the bank says we we're not going to bet that you're going to live past 60. Catherine. I have my hand up. No, but I just want to make the point that your 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 fear of death isn't unfounded because uh, yeah. we, we when Sean and I were young it's not just our father passed away we had a spate of death. Yeah. So when you you get reared with that and, mm-hmm. and this is your life and you go oh my god life is so precious and fleeting it's it, it gets into your brain yeah. it gets into you you know and it's quite scary so i i don't judge you for a second for feeling that way yeah you know and but i was i was letting it control my life i was the fear yeah. of death you was making up, me yeah, out of hand yeah. eat more and eating more was making me fear death more and it was it was a mm-hmm. cycle and like self-destructive behavior yeah, yeah yeah and and in particular around now uh i at the moment i'm 43 and my dad died when he was 43 Oh, you're yeah. the age of Christ. Um, Shit. No, he was 33. I know. Do you know what I mean? That's oh, the expression. No. Like, oh, it? you're the age of Christ. Like. Okay. When you're 33, maybe it's the expression. <laughs> no, do you know what I mean? Now it's, Jesus. oh, you're the age of dad. I'm, so I'm, about age to, of dad. I'm about to outlive him, assuming I make it through the year. <laughs> do, you, on do, you think, do you think Paddy Powers are taking bets? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when dad was 60? And I asked for a glass of whiskey for you and me. And oh, I know yeah. dad. And I said, can we have two Paddy Powers? And he goes, no, that's a betting shop. <laughs> we have Paddy's or we have Powers. <laughs> I was like, oh, one of them would be grand. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this this psychologist recommended uh, uh, Donald O'Shea, um, who I went to as a, an endocrinologist. And, I mean, the psychologist took weeks to get me to make that appointment. Um because I was just so afraid of the idea of it. And then uh, I I worked with Donald, uh, who said, look, the first step for everything is a combination of dietitian, psychologist and trainer. And I was already seeing a trainer. I was already seeing a psychologist. I had seen dietitians before several times. Again, we'll talk about that when we're talking about all the different diets we've done. Um, <laughs> but this time I picked a different dietitian that was closer to home that I could attend with my wife. So we were kind of all on the same page. Um, around the same time, uh, Donald also put me on uh, Victoza and, and then Ozempic. Um, they're both a, a similar medication that for controlling your, your blood sugars, but they have a side effect of weight loss. And I lost weight at the start of that, which was great. Um, but then soon after, it just started to creep back up to the 130 kilograms, which Donald explained was my set point. Um, this uh, is a, that's something you're going to hear about yeah. quite a lot. Your set point is, 
people don't understand what that really is and it's really important to get that into your psyche about yeah. your set point Kajan said that people don't understand what it really is and then didn't go on to explain so what it really point, is sorry your set point <laughs> is where your body when you put on a chunk of weight your body goes okay I'm happy at this now I'm happy now I'm happy here I am now I'm at this weight so you put on a little bit you lose a little bit but your body goes you know what I'm happy with that weight I'm happy with that that's my set point you put on a collateral weight an absolute shocking load of weight your body goes hmm I'm, I'm actually oh this is my new set point I'm quite happy with this weight so then you go to lose weight and your body's resisting because it goes no 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 I'm not going to lose weight this is my set point so it, it's a it's like a push and pull it's like a tug of war your your body and losing weight in your mind and oh yeah. it's a nightmare is that a good explanation That's, or it's that terrible? sounds like a good explanation um and if we get corrected we'll we'll let you know <laughs> um, that is a definite <laughs> scientific explanation by a non-scientist <laughs> <laughs> by the head of the maths department <laughs> there you go Donald said that the 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 scientifically proven way to lose to, to reset your set point um, the research shows this is to have the surgery um, and again I was hesitant and I was like oh look let me try again let me let me push and he was like if uh if a heart surgeon told you, oh, you need a heart bypass, you wouldn't say, ah, just let me let me try and push the 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 cholesterol out of my heart rather than taking the damn bypass. And and that was a, a fair point. So uh, after a while, I said, OK, look, yeah, let, let's do it. So so Donal referred me to uh, Helen Heenahan, uh, who's a gastric surgeon in St. Vincent's. Um, my, as Katrin said, she had got, uh, gone for the surgery in Belgium and I looked into that and after about a year of to and froing between Donal O'Shea's office and St. Vincent's to to get the, the approval for VHI to pay for it, um, VHI said uh, no um, because the, uh, the, the, the psychology was a requirement for VHI. You have to show that the service you're going to will give you some kind of psychological support. Catherine. I'll put my hand up again. Yeah, uh, Catherine, just, they can't see you putting your hand up. I know, just talk. I just want to let them know because <laughs> I, I'm an awful cutter in her and I'm trying not to. Um, but I know I know what John is talking about. And because I didn't have fancy health insurance, I had to do my own sort of service. So I looked up some... Uh, what would you call it psychotherapy mm -hmm. uh, that was low cost and um, that I could uh, you know th that would support me through the process so I did all that so I just want to put it out there that though I went to Belgium I definitely had the psychotherapy absolutely I didn't jump into this like yeah. wildly you know and and VHI that's their thing is and they're right they're not yeah, wrong yeah. Sean they're not wrong and again we're gonna talk about how we've kind of interacted with psychologists relating to this, but the psychology behind this is really, really important. Mm. Not just for you, but how your family takes it and how yeah. your friends take it, how to mm. talk about it, which is part of why I want to do this podcast because a lot of people are like, oh, why are you doing that to yourself? You know, yeah, or like so many people said like to me, like it's plastic surgery. Yeah, it's not. It's not plastic surgery. So many people said to me, oh, well, you're not that fat. Sure, I'll, why don't you come running with me and, mm. and, and then you'll be grand. I was like, well, I could go running with you, but then at some stage in my life, I might need my knees 
because I was way too fat yeah, or to you go have a heart attack while you're running. Exactly, which is yeah. why the exercise is. Sorry, I'm sorry. Dang. So yeah, a, a lot of people said, "I'll oh, just come running with me, and and the weight will fall off." And I'm like, "Well, I, I'm seeing a trainer three times a week, and the weight doesn't fall off because of exercise. No amount of exercise can out-exercise a bad diet." Um, and I needed to reset my relationship <laughs> with food, so that was it. So I'm sorry if you can dodge a ball, you can <laughs> dodge a wrench. No, if you can dodge a wrench, <laughs> you can dodge a ball. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> trying to lighten the mood because know, we're yeah. getting very serious there so so I went back to stop having a spa I'm trying to get a gap so I can edit in a spa <laughs> go so I, I arranged to to see Professor Heenahan and started the, the process to, to get the surgery started so that's it and and uh, I've I've lost a good bit of weight since then things How are going quite well on? Um, what did you start at two weeks before? Two weeks before, I was one hundred and twenty nine point eight kilos. So one thirty kilos. One thirty kilos. Sorry. What are you now, Sean? Now I am a hundred and fifteen point five kilos. Fucking bastard. So I'm I'm not the lightest I was. I'm getting towards the lightest I've been mm-hmm. in at least fifteen years. After four weeks. After four weeks, I know. Well, no, five weeks now. It's five dickhead. weeks now. Dickhead. Um, for using bad words, but he is a dickhead. I am a dickhead. Um, so that's that's definitely progress. Uh, but there's there's a lot more to it. There's kind of the time you have to take off work to, to go and get this done and how you tell people, yeah. I'm not going to be around for a few weeks because... I'm having surgery. Oh, surgery? What's going on? You know, what's wrong with oh, you? Oh, you don't need that surgery. Exactly. I'll bring you running. Oh, you don't need God. that surgery. Uh, uh, oh. Even even in You the, don't even look that fat. That's what you get. Even in the hospital, I had two nurses, two separate nurses said to me, um, oh, you're not uh, you're you're not really fat, so wh- why are you having the surgery? Fuck off. And I'm like, well, first of all, yes, I am really With fat. With the glands? Did they have the, really big glasses? No, I just have <laughs> such a good looking face that, <laughs> that people can tell. <laughs> Um, oh, I don't whack in the microphone. Oh, sorry. That was very but I, I have I have <laughs> such a good looking face. But they said you're you're so like you're not that fat. Why are you getting surgery? And and again, going back to what uh, Don Loche and uh, uh, Professor Heenan said, you're fat. I'm I uh, uh, fat as I am. I'm diabetic, and this surgery, like the morning after I had this surgery, I stopped taking my diabetes medication. That's it. And I've been on diabetes medication since 2014. And how are you now? Uh, my blood sugars are way lower than they were. Mm-hmm. They're not in the ideal range yet. Okay, so okay, I might fine, have to fine. go on diabetic medication again mm-hmm. at a much smaller dose than I was on. Because I was yeah, on, yeah. like I say, I was on... Uh, uh, You're probably on like a whole gram uh, of metamorphin. Metformin. Mighty morphin power so rangers. So I was on, I was on metformin, which yeah. is a tablet. Like a whole gram though, probably. A, a whole day, gram, yeah, twice a day. Shit. Um, but it wasn't called metformin. It was called Janumet, which is metformin plus. Oh yes. Fifty milligrams of another thing of that another I can't thing, remember. Yeah, Janumet. Yeah, yeah. And Sorry. I was on the Ozempic, which is a weekly injection. Um, Shit. Uh, you were on lots you were and on. I was on uh, Jardians which is another one which uh, is that to do with Guardians of Galaxy it's or nothing just... to do with Guardians no. of Galaxy 
Jardians with a J. I I will look up exactly what it does, but the short version Sorry. is it pushes more sugar out of your system one way or another. Um, so I was on all of those, and I, my blood levels when I would do daily readings were still higher than they are now. Um, so this morning, for example, was eight point one. It, it should be between four and seven. Anything under ten is safe enough. Catherine's laughing her ass off for some reason. <laughs> So that's my story. Um, <laughs> that's my story that Catherine is laughing her ass off at. Um, it's it's been quite a journey, I think, for both of us. Oh, it has. Do you know what? It, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we haven't touched on we haven't touched on the vomiting, but uh, yeah, Sean Sean hasn't. He's barely dipped his toe into Catherine's world of huh, huh, yeah. bit of dry region. Um, <laughs> yeah, Catherine, Catherine does a good bit of that. I, do. I have, like, I have, like, uh, again, we'll we'll go into this in more detail but with, to be with fair, scientific I, explanations. I wouldn't want to scare people off. You've had one or two in a sh- in in your whole space of time. You've had one or two iffy moments, and those iffy moments. So I wouldn't were, want to put people off. Those iffy moments were followed moments. by me, or, or following me having made wrong decisions. Yeah, you know, exactly. you get told this is what you have to do. Now we know people who have had this surgery um, as well for a, quite a while ago, and they're doing super well. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get to go into their stories uh, as we go along. I'll share their pictures too. Yeah. There's a couple of oh. Chef's kiss. We're Chef's we're kiss. gonna have a, a, a website, uh, an email address, and a Twitter. Uh, so we we encourage you guys to get in touch with us. I'll I'll give you those at the end of the show. And I think it's really important to note that this is an Irish podcast. Yeah, and it's really important to also emphasize there there just doesn't seem to be Irish resources, and the more we raise the issue, the more we we kind of help people you know share the word you know spread the word and 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 help people you know get resources and get help and get i don't know yeah and it is about getting help like obesity is a disease it is a disease that you shouldn't be ashamed of and so many people like i say i shouldn't be ashamed for being fat i've been ashamed of being fat all my life you know i know logically that i shouldn't be but uh, emotionally i i feel a lot of shame for how I, now I'm going to say this and then I'm going to correct myself. I feel ashamed at how I let myself become. Mm. And uh, as has been pointed out to me a, a lot of times, I didn't let myself become like this. I became like this. Mm. You know, I didn't, every time I took a bite of a burger. Uh, uh, you were eating an emotion. Exactly. You were eating a feeling. We weren't taught our particular generation. We weren't taught, like, I went to therapy. I've gone to therapy for the last three and a half years you know i haven't been in the last short while but i mean i, I i'm not even i won't say her name right now because yeah. at some point i will but she changed my life i, I like we weren't weird to know what feelings were and to, yeah. to, to do you know and going to therapy is the best thing you can do yeah to to learn how to not ruin your life yeah. <laughs> i suppose i don't know so what i would say kind of as we come to the end of this podcast, I think. Um, almost the end. Almost the end. Catherine has some insults for me. Um, 
Other, other than, oh sorry, other than calling me fat earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ugly. And ugly, uh, yeah. But also, Sean better have a joke for you. Well, oh, on, I better. Um, so, uh, if you're going to do anything for yourself, start by looking into what, uh, if not psychologist, but counsellor, whatever resources that you have available to you, whether that's through your employer, which a lot of employers have, have that available to them. Uh, what I did was, because I didn't have any money when I was having my little meltdown I looked up low cost counselling and what you can do is you can get counselling in Ireland from uh, psychologists and psychotherapists who are qualified but not accredited so you pay a third or a quarter of the cost of the real therapy and you're helping them get accredited but what I would say to you is you're going to get the best therapy because they're like fresh out of college they know what they're doing and it gives them you're helping them but you're helping yourself even more mm. and i and i i can't stress that enough and the person i went to she she continues to support me um and i had no money at the time i'm fucking rich now on my person beep 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 <laughs> i don't do put that in no it ends no <laughs> i know seriously though really I, I can't recommend enough going to therapy, you know, yeah. just getting somebody else's, you know, an independent person to tell you you're not crazy. You know, yeah. th these are real things that are happening. So, so like I say, look for the resources that are available to you. You would be surprised uh, most employers nowadays have yeah. uh, uh, employee, employee assistance programs, assistance programs yeah. that will uh, will help you out. Um, if you're not comfortable going through work, kind of Google, see what's available. Um, reach out to us on our email. Reach out to us, and, and we'll, we'll, send, you we'll send you on some links. Um, talk to your friends. You know, yeah. go ask a friend for a coffee. These are your friends. They they will be what will want to be there for you. Mm. Um, so go and and look Don't out. Be Don't, Don't be, be alone. Don't be alone. Look out for yourself. Um. And be good to yourself and, and be good to others. Be kind to yourself, yeah. Yeah. So, so, right, all that said, <laughs> I have a book called The Irish Insult Generator. And I'm going to insult everybody right now. Sean is going to save the day with a joke. <laughs> but what I'm going to do is go... It's a book, but it's a, a random has insult four generator. Different, has four different sections. Ready, Sean? Go on, yeah. That's quite funny. Oh my goodness, that's very long. That one again, and it's quite long. Come on. Here we go. Boom. You're just another cute whore with a face like a slapped bum. Thank you, Colin. So just so you know, that's what you are. Listener. Listener. Dear listener. Oh, I thought you were insulting me, but you're insulting the listeners. I'm insulting everybody. Excellent. Um, all no, right. I, right. I need to just reiterate. You're just an utter cute whore with a face like a slapped bum. You're and, welcome. And maybe we'll call that the title of this episode. <laughs> That's, exactly <laughs> That's exactly what we're going to do. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and a, a joke because we, we don't want this to be all serious. Um, I'm to end on an insult. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. It's my favourite joke. All right. So this is... This is Catherine's favourite joke. Uh, so she mightn't laugh because she's heard it. <laughs> I will laugh. She's laughing, laughing before. Oh, laugh. 
So uh, my dad got fired uh, from his job at the circus. <laughs> He's suing for funfair dismissal. <laughs> I oh, I promise ridiculous. I promise the jokes will get better, uh, but like I said, uh, have a laugh. Um, don't be too serious on yourself. Uh, kind. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Thanks for